0: Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the felonious Matt. Hello there. So, uh, time heist this week. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I, as always, um, kind of nervous to know what you make of this one. Um, but we'll, before we get to that, I'm sure we've got some other answers to get through. If nothing else, we've got the quiz. Yeah, are we up
1: yeah. to date with Time Lord Victorious?
0: Nope, I have not had time this week. It's oh, been a really? really... I've had such stressful uh, last couple of weeks at work that I honestly, just the thought of trying to find te- five minutes to re- flip through a few comic pages has been you know, a challenge. <laughs> well, Barely had time to f- squeeze in Time Heist this week. so Well, it's like a, the good news is yeah.
1: You might finally get your wish of a, a sub-one-hour episode today, because I've got very little to cover t- today as well. Woohoo! Yeah.
0: Bish, bash, and then bosh. Let's get it done. Um,
1: <laughs> trying to think if I've... I, I don't know. I rescued a hedgehog this week. That was quite nice.
0: That's exciting. Yeah. Um, doesn't happen every day. Yeah. I mean, I assume it doesn't happen every day for you as a uh, science teacher.
1: No, I felt quite bad, because I felt a, yeah. sent a student out of my room for talking mm. too much. And when he yeah. was outside, he was like, um, sir, and I was like, you need to stop talking. And he was going, sir, sir, sir. And I was like, not now. Time to be quiet. And in the end, <laughs> he like, interrupted me, and I was just about to flip my mm-hmm. lid, And he went, sir, I'm trying to tell you there's a hedgehog in our classroom. <laughs> uh, so I scooped him up in a little box and put him in our school allotment. And
0: Yeah, what, what did he do with the hedgehog? Hey! Hey! Hey!
1: hey we're... We're starting early today, ladies uh, and gentlemen. I did an
0: actual joke, did you notice? Yeah. That was a proper actual joke. Yeah. That never happened. I'm
1: so proud of you.
0: Yeah. Um right then. Uh let let's let's quiz it up, shall we?
1: Yeah, so we've got a bit of an update on the quiz. Um mm-hmm. so this week we we've hit our initial target of 120 pounds. Yeah. We know that we've achieved the goal of you preparing an apologetic speech for me in relation to Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that one. So
1: I, I set the second goal at £240, which is mm-hmm. where I will write a short essay for everything I love about Doctor Who. Excellent. But I thought that that's quite an aspirational target. That's quite a high
0: bar to hit. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd introduce
1: yeah. some sort of smaller goals as we go. Okay. Okay. So this week, as part of my job, I filmed the most cringeworthy sort of hi and welcome to our school video. (laughs) So I've said if we hit £180, I'll share that link
0: and people can (laughs) have
1: a good old laugh at my expense.
0: Oh, that'll be a treat.
1: The one that's really caught the imagination of our listeners. Yeah. um, And, you know, the tone of your voice says it all there because I know you're aware of what's coming.
0: I am, I am, because you you announced it on Twitter.
1: I don't know where this idea came from. Again, I probably plagiarised it from some other podcast I've been listening to. And what I will
0: say is it certainly didn't come from me.
1: No, but for £200, Mm -hmm. David, you are going to drink a pint of baked beans live on the pod. (laughs) There was a little bit of confusion amongst the listeners. Some of them were like, don't you mean eat? And I was like, nope, we're going to put them in a pint glass and you can... (laughs) We always have a cup of tea when we record. And you can just have a pint of beans instead. <laughs> and we'll keep uh, recording till you've yeah. drank the entire thing.
0: Hmm. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's someone's like ASMR deal.
1: What, just you and the,
0: like? Yeah. Oh, just, lovely beans. <laughs> yeah. yeah and for 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 the other ninety nine point nine percent of our listeners, it will be absolutely horrible,
1: yeah I, I think uh, it's one of those things that like me and you will find quite funny, but I never know if it appeals to the listener like <laughs> you know, like I was listening back to a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I don't even want to talk about this episode, so I'm just gonna talk about coldplay instead, mm-hmm. and I was like amazingly that that episode got like the most listens of any of our recent episodes. Oh. <laughs> you know maybe we've tapped into something there
0: who knows no accounting for taste right before um,
1: before we jump into the quiz yeah we've got a couple of things just to discuss in terms of mm-hmm. donations yes okay so we're currently standing at 165 pounds yeah which far exceeded my initial estimation so well done everyone that is really
0: that's awesome stuff.
1: Yeah, this week uh, the Teenage Cancer Trust. I don't know if you saw, David, sent me mm. a huge pack of um, fundraising paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I accidentally ticked the box on their website that said I'm a large business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, oh dear.
1: I, I mean. We we discussed it off-air briefly. I, I yeah. know it's your, your son's birthday tomorrow. Do you want a box of about 500 balloons? To, I've got some bunting. Um, <laughs> I've got plastic tablecloths. I've basically got everything you need for a birthday party, but it's all Teenage Cancer Trust branded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think when, when, when the pandemic's over, I think you might have to... Uh, Organise something at your school or something yeah. just to get some use out. Of yeah, it.
1: just as a ruse, I'll just be like, um, "Yeah, well done, everyone at school. We've done some good work here."
0: Yeah. Right. Mm. So, a couple
1: of messages linked to donations this week. Yes. Okay. So, your arch rival, whoever that may be.
0: Hmm.
1: Um. I'm gonna. I'm is gonna that they've sp-
0: literally their, their their pseudonym is just David's arch rival? No,
1: it's just anonymous. Um, oh, okay. Do do you have an arch-rival? Do you have a nemesis?
0: I don't think so. I hope not. I don't think I've ever crossed anyone sufficiently to earn a nemesis.
1: When I was at primary school, there was a lad called Gareth Evans that I fucking Mm. hated. And Mm. even now, if I cross paths with him in Morrisons, we give each other a bit of a stare-down arsehole. So, yeah, I, I don't know who this is, but every week they contest you in the quiz. And make a donation based on how they score Oh, right. Yes, you. yes, I
0: remember. I remember this.
1: Uh, uh this, so I this think. week again they tied your score. It was your Ooh. best score to date, four out of six. Was. Um and they said, Not another tie this week, not only did we tie, but all of our wrong answers were the same wrong answer. Yeah. So great minds think alike.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh we've had another anonymous donation that just says here's a donation to hear David admit that Colin Baker is the best doctor.
0: (laughs) I don't know that I've quite um, absorbed enough of Colin Baker's uh, work yet. I'm currently, I'm sort of plugging the gaps in terms of his TV stuff at the moment. I I watched the Mark of the Rani not long ago. I've got, I've got the two doctors next, which um, that'll be interesting. Um, But I have heard a bit of his big finish stuff as well. And, certainly I do not understand where people get this idea of like he's one the one who generally continually placed last in 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 polls and dr Who fans lists and things like that and I don't get it I think he's absolute he's certainly I don't think any worse than any of the others that would be bringing up the I you know what you know I've said before right I I I'm unwilling to like do a definitive ranking of my favorite doctors until I've at the very least finished watching every classic story, um, because that seems sort of unfair. Like I'm 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 basing it on incomplete information. But what I will say is, I think it, when I eventually do get round to that, I would be very surprised if Colin Baker wasn't at the very least placing ahead of David Tennant for me. Oh really. Yeah.
1: Wow. So the donation was to hear you say that he's the best doctor. So let's have yeah. it loud and proud,
0: please. Colin Baker is the best doctor, possibly. Probably not. <laughs> Will that do? I
1: suppose it's going to have to. It's the best we're going to get out of you, isn't it?
0: I'm not very good at lying. I don't know if you ever noticed that about me. But No, you are the most honest,
1: <laughs> dependable person I know. The next... <laughs> donation that came in. Also anonymous. Yeah. Uh, But within the hour of me putting a tweet out saying you were going to eat a pint of baked beans... Uh, drink, I think you'll find. Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, Yeah. well done for correcting me. Uh, Mm -hmm. Someone donated £25.
0: (laughs) Someone is very keen to make that happen, are they?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Some (laughs) some weird deviant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next one... It's probably going to take a bit of time to discuss this one, David. Another anonymous. Okay. Um, you know, you don't have to be anonymous. If you're making donations, put your name on and we'll say hello. I mean, I will. David won't, because he's rude. Uh, <laughs> but another donation, David, and I'm just going to yep. pose this question to you. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of the concept of shag, marry, kill? I am, yes. Okay, shag, marry, kill. First doctor,
0: second doctor, third doctor. Hmm... Okay, well, I I I don't like the thought of killing anyone. That seems quite rude. But uh, to 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 enter into the spirit of the game, first things first, I'm going to turn it over to you. I've I've just I was I was about to answer. I was about to do my usual thing, where I just blunder into um a, a compromising answer. And then you refuse to engage with the question as well. And then you make me come across like some kind of strange deviant. Uh, I'm not certain what you you mean by that. Okay, so I think... I don't think
1: I could marry William Hartnell. Based on what I've seen of him, he's quite a cantankerous bloke. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's out of the running for marry. Yeah. Okay.
0: But He's still on the table for a shag. Yeah, yeah.
1: So (laughs) obviously... Troughton, Mm -hmm. I think we know where we're going with this. Mm -hmm. He'd be dead before he could even say, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to marry Pertwee. Okay. I'd ride around in his little motorbike sidecar (laughs) and, you know, we'd go over like jumps on our motorbikes and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I'd end up knocking boots with William Hartnell.
0: Mm. Uh, Interesting. We have different, uh, we, we definitely have different answers here. Okay. Um, I think I. I'm gonna say. Um. Yeah, I think I I, I Troughton's more my uh, marriage material for me. I think because he's you know he's jolly and friendly, and I think he would be good company as a life partner. Okay. Whereas I feel like I would I, there would be a lot more. It would be a lot more tempestuous with Pertwee, Uh, which I don't think. You know, I I
1: think we'd have like a rock and roll romance. We'd be like when Mm. Britney Spears married K. Fed. We'd just be (laughs) out every night going mental.
0: I literally have no idea. That is the most dated
1: late nineties reference. Uh, You know, there's some people out there that might get that reference.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, So yeah, so I think I'm going. Uh, marry Troughton, shag Pertwee, kill Hartnell, and that breaks my heart. Wow, but you know, I've got to be true to myself. Mm.
1: David and Pertwee, (laughs) (laughs) all right, then
0: moving on.
1: Yeah, um, the only other thing I've got on the docket, as always, we like to give a little mention to our friends over at Married To Who. Um, I I listened a little bit this week. Uh, If ever I'm in contact with them, I like to fast forward through to their tweet section where they, you know, reply Mm -hmm. to some of the questions I've sent in. And Mm -hmm. this week they mentioned that they'd been listening to our episode where we review the Satan pit. Right. And how, you know, we were really on board with that. And that episode Mm -hmm. ends with you saying, Well, I'm really glad we enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you'll feel the same way about next episode. Mm-hmm. Can you remember what the next episode is?
0: Um, oh, I'm trying to remember what it would be. Um, it's not Fear Her. That comes a little bit later in the. No, it's Love and Love Monsters. And is it Love and Monsters? Yeah. yeah. Tongue was th- firmly in cheek there.
1: So they 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 were really excited to hear what we had to say about that. So I went back and listened yeah. to our review of Love and Monsters
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, that episode's terrible. I hate it. And when I listen back, I. I'm really, like, all right with it as an episode. I'm like... Yeah, we were, far- I do we were open. fairly
0: even-handed on it.
1: I did open by saying, like, oh, yeah, I was pretty drunk when I watched this, so it was just a bit silly <laughs> fun.
0: <laughs>
1: I forgot how much I hate Ursula, though.
0: Yeah, that, that the whole... It, it, that episode has some great ideas, but it just unravels. I also
1: totally forgot that episode ends way. with the bloke saying, oh, yeah, we still have a very active sex life.
0: Yes, and then yeah.
1: we go into great depth talking about face fucking a paving slab.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we don't we don't need to dredge that up too much, do we? No.
1: Uh, so, um, do you want right to say hello then. to Married to Who?
0: Hi, Married to Who. I've been listening to you guys a bit this week. I've jumped ahead, uh, and I've been listening to some of your series four episodes, which I've been quite enjoying. I don't, I, I don't have anything more. <laughs> I'm going to edit this bit. (laughs) Bye-bye. I mean, that was better. You're getting better at your social interactions. It's very hard to just have a one-sided conversation like that.
1: No, this is like... Sometimes I feel like being your friend. It's like one of those Vice documentaries about where a family finds a little boy in the woods and they try and assimilate him into society.
0: (laughs) People have been trying for thirty-four years. I think I'm a lost cause at this point. Yeah.
1: Um. So I'm just trying to think if there's anything else we need to mention before we really jump into this. Obviously, as always. I mean, we're recording early this week, so mm-hmm. what did you have for breakfast? What are you having for dinner?
0: I had a poached egg for breakfast. Oh, that is mm. on toast. Of course, on toast.
1: Uh, anything Not with it? Diet. Any sauce? Any
0: avocado? Just butter on the toast, like proper butter, though, mind you. Yeah. And uh, just a bit of salt and pepper on the egg. You are
1: talking my language this morning, Mm. boy. Imagine. Not not a clue for lunch, though. Imagine, like, a nice breakfast like that, Mm -hmm. but just washing it down with a pint of baked beans. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Uh, So, this morning, I just had a, a coffee and some Stroop waffles. Ooh. Uh, So I I had some of those last night whilst me and my wife were watching TV and they were sort of still Mm -hmm. in the living room this morning. (laughs) Um, So I polished them off. Uh, And for dinner, we're going to be having fajitas. Very nice. Yeah. All right, then. So hit me with some questions for this week. Okay. So every week we do the Wheelie Big Quiz, Mm -hmm. raising money for the Teenage Cancer Trust. Six questions taken from Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit in an idea not at all plagiarised from our friends over at Married to Who. Um, So six questions, each question worth £1. If David scores six out of six for the week, the total is raised to £10. Righty-ho. David, are you sitting comfortably? I am, indeed. Okay. Question one. This is from the topic Time Lords. Which doctor declared after blowing up a Dalek... For a man who abhors violence, I took great satisfaction
0: in doing that Ooh. i think it's it's gonna be i can't i can't picture the scene in my head, so that means either i it's an episode I haven't seen yet. Or it's just one that kind of floated by me, and and I didn't quite take that in. Would you like me to so, read the line again? This time in no, 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 in I, an impression I, I think, of the Doctor. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm working it through in my head. So basically, that's narrowing it down for me. I think it's going to be one of the John Nathan Turner era Doctors. So that's uh, Colin Baker, uh, sorry Peter Davison, Colin Baker, or Sylvester McCoy. I of the I can't imagine that coming from Davison's mouth so I'm going to say Colin Baker
1: I'm sorry the sixth doctor it's actually your boyfriend the third doctor oh is it yeah
0: yeah Yeah. oh is it oh I wonder if it's hmm. you should,
1: no you should maybe just take your tongue out of his mouth and open your ears a little bit please David yeah
0: maybe maybe I should
1: right next one companions I'll give you a clue this is nothing to do with a companion Okay, then. In which period of history is the Time Warrior in which the Sontarans make their debut set? Medieval, Tudor, Dickensian, or prehistoric? Medieval. It is medieval. One pound on the board. Hey. Next one is from Episodes can of Can I Story... just
0: apologise, by the way, to our listeners. If you can hear uh, a purring in the background right now, that is my cat, who is... Wandered across my desk over to where I, I've got my uh, recorder set up. So apologies for that. Isn't Unless it, you really like the sound of a cat purring in the background of our podcast, in which case you're welcome.
1: Isn't it good that we don't make jokes about you and cats anymore?
0: <laughs> yes, it is indeed. Okay, right. Question okay, three. Next. Question three. Comes from
1: Episodes and Stories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Complete the title of the 2006 story. The something pit.
0: The Satan pit. We were just discussing it earlier.
1: Okay. Question four. This comes from Years and Dates. Mm. Rula Lenska guest starred in Resurrection of the Daleks. But in which year did she enter the celebrity Big Brother house? 2006, (sighs) 2008, 2009 or just two thousand?
0: So what's happening here is whoever is writing the questions for this has obviously gotten really, really sick of just poking around on Doctor Who-related Wikipedia articles, and it's like, I just want to write some questions about things that aren't Doctor Who. Yeah. Because this is in no way a Doctor Who question. Or is it? Okay, so hit me with the, hit me with the uh, years again. 2006, 2008, 2009...
1: Or two thousand. Two thousand
0: and eight.
1: It's two thousand and
0: six. Uh oh well.
1: Okay. Next one comes from the topic monsters. hmm Yet again, it has absolutely nothing to do with monsters.
0: What m- they, whoever whoever saw whoever put this game together needs to sort their act out.
1: What message do NASA discover on the surface of Mars which brings the doctor and bill to the red planet.
0: Right this is a slight spoiler. Oh is this is a new? story you haven't seen yet? Oh sorry. I, I mean you I... don't know who bill is do you? No I, I assumed it That's was. It's all right a it's not it's not a major companion. spoiler. It's a not a major spoiler. It's frankly this happens in the cold open of the episode so it's it's nothing to get it worried about. Um, I believe the message is God Save the Queen. Correct.
1: I look forward to seeing that. Yeah. Right. Final question. Uh, are you on three out of three? Yes, you are so far. Three out of six, sorry. So yeah. the final question. Cast, crew, and beyond. Which member of the Only Fools and Horses cast starred as John Lumic in the 10th Doctor adventure Age of Steel? Was it David Jason, Nicholas Lyndhurst, Roger Lloyd-Pack or Buster Merrifield?
0: Roger Lloyd-Pack. And I am so glad it was multiple choice because I was blanking on his name.
1: Yeah. So four out of six this week. So four, four pounds. Yeah. equaling your highest score. Uh, there's a bit of mm. a glass ceiling we need to shatter there, isn't there?
0: There is. I mean, if you pick cards which don't include questions about celebrity fucking Big Brother, I might be in with hey, a shot. Hey, hey,
1: hey. I'll have you know. Big Brother made by the Bad Wolf Corporation in the future. <laughs> okay, it's entirely relevant.
0: Yes, but also no, not in this context. No. Anyway. Um...
1: There's one final thing I want to discuss, but it is linked all right, to all right. the episode.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when you said this episode We we... We'd managed to well, keep it under an hour. I feel
1: we were going to discuss this at some point, so we might as well do it up top.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Okay, so we're talking about Time Heist, which is we episode five of Heist. season eight from yep. September the 20th, 2014. Yep. As you've already said, well, you said off mic when I had to take a phone call, but we edited that out. It's directed yep. by Douglas McKinnon. It is. Who I don't know anything about, but everything I've seen of his work I quite like. Yeah. Uh, it's written by Stephen Moffat and Steve Thompson. It is. Now, I want to talk about Steve Thompson. Mm-hmm. Because I've been criticised by some of our listeners for being yeah. too aggressive when it comes to Mark Gattis and his writing of the show.
0: I would agree with that.
1: Now, Steve Thompson just sort of lurks in the background writing bad episodes every now and again. <laughs> Creeping round. So he wrote Curse of the Black Spot. He did. He wrote Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. He did. And he wrote Time Heist. Mm. Now, before I give my opinion, how would you rate this episode? Good episode, bad episode, good with bad bits, bad with good bits, no emotional reaction?
0: For me, and I, I suspect I'm in a minority, though, I want to say a sizable minority... Good episode, bad bits. I, overall, I really quite like Time Heist.
1: I, I'm going to adjust the category slightly. Okay. I'm I'm going to say bad episode, some good bits, but I also really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's just, and it's just a nice... Do you know what? A, a, a you know nice... what? I, I might even go all out and say good episode. Do you know why? Yeah. Because the bits I don't like Yeah. are because we watch one episode of Doctor Who every week... So a lot of it is fresh in my memory. Mm -hmm. So all the mystery in this episode was entirely predictable. Right. I I think that was the only bit I didn't like, is that I worked out all the mystery. So you worked out who the
0: architect is and 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 how time travel factors
1: in. And as soon as they said, oh, we've got the most important thing in this vault, Mm. yeah, knew what that was going to be.
0: Yeah, that we'll get to we'll get to it but the resolution of the stuff with the teller it definitely puts you in mind of another episode we saw not too long ago exactly um, yeah yeah so i i will accept all of that but yeah as i i i agree with you it's just it's just and, and it's not because you were worried this was going to be like some sort of wacky romp yeah and, i love that totally it is not a wacky romp
1: no this is like i i think the feel they were going for was that cool kind of heist you know like your ocean's 11 type yeah and I or think... like
0: um did you ever watch hustle
1: no no i'm aware of it
0: yeah first couple of series are really good then it goes off a cliff yeah. but um yeah that kind of vibe and, and th- th- they absolutely nail it yeah I, like i say I, I i all the
1: things i was worried about were yeah. appeased and like i say i had a pretty good time with this because yeah. i watched this last night Yep. which was november the 6th mm-hmm. so i raced home last night because there was a new episode of the mandalorian on disney plus yep spider-man into the spider-verse dropped on netflix yesterday i saw
0: that i haven't i, I never
1: got to see it uh, in the cinema
0: so i'm i'm really excited to give that a go so i raced
1: home and i was like Get in. My wife was working late. I was like, I'm just gonna <laughs> have a couple of cold beers, watch The Mandalorian, watch into the mm-hmm. Spider Verse. And then as soon as I stepped foot through my back door, I saw my notebook laid on the dining room <laughs> table. I was like, Oh shit, I've got to watch Doctor Who. Yeah.
0: Um
1: and you know, it wasn't the worst experience I've had watching Doctor Who.
0: No, it's 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 <laughs> For a, like, because we are now in that sort of, like, mid-series area where we're kind of, we're rumbling along in the back where we've got, like, bits and bobs of, like, ongoing yeah. series mystery. But but basically, we're just farting around for 45 minutes. We're having an adventure. Mm-hmm. And to me, this it is sufficiently... Different in tone and unique a premise like Doctor Who has never done a heist story before. And if you're going to do a heist story in Doctor Who, I don't think you could do much better than this, to be honest.
1: No, no.
0: Uh, So,
1: yeah, uh, all in all, pretty good episode.
0: Yeah. All right, then let's uh, let's uh, get stuck into it, shall we?
1: Okay, so the episode opens with the Doctor seemingly staring into some sort of vortex, but it turns mm-hmm. out it's just the washing machine. Yeah. Because he's trying to work out where to go, and he's bored stupid. Yeah. Uh, Clara has a plan to meet Danny for another date. Mm-hmm. And then I've just put, does she have her own house now? I'm
0: certain I asked that last week. Like, yeah, she seems to. Yeah, have just... I think since she, since she's been working as a teacher, she's got like a. I think it's just a flat, but mm. you know, it's her and flat. I
1: think it's important at this point. We raise one of the key points of this episode. Um, when I put a message out on Twitter saying that this was the episode we were watching, uh, mm-hmm. it raised. It was raised in a lot of feedback. When I listened to Married to Who, it was mentioned in their episode. Clara's outfit.
0: Yeah. It's nice, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. It is just damn good. It's like when I when people mention Clara as a companion, like this is probably the first outfit I picture her in. Mm. Like she has uh, amazing outfits pretty much all the way through her run. To be honest, but yeah, I mean, even the 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 robot of
1: Sherwood, her outfit was probably like the highlight. Yeah, yeah. Where where do you think she was going on her date? That was yeah. what married to who asked. Where do you think she was going? That she was dressed like that.
0: I have absolutely no idea. Like I say, I'm not really a dating person, so I don't really. The, the don't only really place know I could think people is do.
1: if she had the starring role on like a West End production of Chicago. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's it's obviously costume designers have a lot of fun dressing Jenna Coleman. Mm. So, so yeah. The TARDIS phone rings. It does, and we get. I, I will say this is one a very minor niggle, and and obviously they have to do it for this story to work, and and it does work. But I'm getting a M- M- Moffat has a bit of a thing for the TARDIS phone ringing, right. and because like the first time it ever happens is in the Empty Child and the Doctor dances, and there it's like really like oh, this never happens. And, and and when he reacts this way, it's like, oh, that never happens. I'm like, yes, except for all the fucking times when it does. <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> I haven't counted, but we must be getting close to like eight or nine times at this point. Yeah, it seems to be like at least once per series.
1: Yeah, I can certainly remember off the top of my head three, if not four.
0: Yeah. I mean, he names a whole episode after it. The Bells of St. John, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: especially because... This series' big plot arc seems to be the woman in the shop who gave the phone yeah. number. I'm yeah. standing. Are you still by...
0: sticking? Yeah, You're... yeah. It's
1: big journey. Same Whittaker. theory. Yeah, yeah. She set all this in motion because, mm. I mean, I'll talk about it when we get to the end of the episode. But the sure, yeah, I'll save that. So okay. the Doctor picks up the phone, except when he puts yes. it in his hand, it's one of those memory worms. Good oh, to see those great again. editing. What a fantastic great transition. Great editing
0: on that smash cut. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. proper jarring. Yeah.
1: That's the sort of thing I mean. Um, like I say, when, whenever I can think of good editing, good shots like that recently, all seems to be thanks to big Dougie McKinnon.
0: Yeah. So, should I should I quickly rattle off all the other episodes he's done that you've seen so far? Go on. Uh, Sontaran Stratagem and the Poison Sky was his start, and that was in the RTD era. The the, yeah. the um, Sontaran two parter, which was
1: not it's his okay. best work,
0: but but to be honest, it's not the best script that he was working with no. on that one. So I, I don't blame him for that. Um, and then we jump forward to the Power of Three, where I think the direction is one of the high points of that. That's the one with the yeah. cubes. Yeah. Then you got Cold War on the submarine, really yeah, that nicely one was okay. shot. Yeah. Uh, and then Listen, just uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. Or was it last week? Was it that last was last week. Was listen, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I will say he's got one more coming up in this series as well.
1: Now, don't spoil it for me, but does he continue his trend of well-directed episodes?
0: He does. I would say it probably is the best out of... Or maybe listens better directed. I don't know. It's certainly, I would say it's it's as strong as his other recent efforts. Oh, good. In terms of direction. So, yeah.
1: So, once they realise they're holding memory worms, they're actually on board a spaceship. Yeah. There is like a tape recording playing that says they all agreed Mm -hmm. to the memory wipe.
0: Yeah, and it's like this weird distorted American voice.
1: And this is where we're introduced to our sort of side characters. We have Cy, yep. who is an upgraded human.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: just basically got a disk drive in his head, hasn't he? Yeah,
0: he's just sta- standard cyborg.
1: And then we meet the second, who is a mutant, and I can't pronounce her name because neither can Peter Capaldi.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it sabre,
1: cyber, think- cyber. Sa-
0: Cyber or Sabre, I forget Cibre. how they generally pronounce it. But um, what do you think of them as 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 uh, sort of like tagalongs for this week? They,
1: I, I could have seen them in the same way we have with the Paternoster Gang. Yeah, introduced as reoccurring. If we had like the Paternoster Gang in the past and these guys yeah. in the future, I I wouldn't have minded.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're really I like them. They're really sort of comic booky.
1: Yeah, but... Which is
0: not a bad thing in my book.
1: I think... uh, I'll make the comparison. When we watched, I think it was the Colin Baker story, where they had the space policeman, who they tried to make really cool, but he just came off as being a bit of a wanker. Yeah. I I think they could have gone too far with Psy, because they try and make him like the cool character.
0: But I think they just
1: hit the right notes with him.
0: They definitely do. And I think actually the, uh, I'm, I'm going to find his name because I think a lot of the credit for that actually goes to Jonathan Bailey, who plays him. Mm-hmm. I think it could be, could have been quite easy to tip over into just slightly annoying with, with that guy. But um, he retains some likability even before we get the slightly tragic backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right then. Yeah. So, so that's our, our team assembled.
1: So once we've got the credits roll, we come back and they're watching a video of The Architect who introduces them to the Bank of Carabraxos, which is a bank for the very rich, the richest people in the galaxy. I think they say if you own a star system, this is where you keep the title deeds. Yeah. And their presence will immediately alert security. However, they've been tasked with robbing the bank. So the premise seems to be that this architect character has almost kidnapped them, and to earn their freedom, Mm -hmm. they need to rob the bank. Uh, This is where we're introduced to Miss Delfox, who is the head of security for the bank. Who also introduces the teller. Or as I've called him in my notes... Old dick eyes <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: do you not think the animatronics and the the costume on the teller is magnificent,
1: yeah, but do you not think his eyes are really phallic when they're like going up and down
0: they I are mean, we they definitely are, but yeah but but I think enti- you know entirely works with the concept of that creature, and um
1: would you say it's the best looking alien we've seen?
0: I'm trying to think. In terms of practical effects, um, probably, actually.
1: Yeah. I think
0: it's it's the
1: best in terms of not looking like a man in a rubber suit or early PlayStation 1 CGI graphics. Yeah. You know, if you compare this to when we looked at the... I'm blanking on the name. The big green ones from the first series.
0: Oh, yeah, the Slitheen. Yeah.
1: The Slitheen,
0: yeah. We, yeah, we, we've we come a long, long way better. since the Slitheen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, we're introduced to these two characters who... Miss Del Fox is head of security, and the teller is essentially her enforcer. Mm-hmm. He has telepathic abilities to sense guilt. Yeah. Or ill intent. And yeah. And... If he senses that, he basically gets rid of part of your brain.
0: Yeah, just uh, as the doctor puts it, turns it to soup. Yeah, it's really grim when you get that when it, you see the teller in action, like that shot when the the guy collapses and his his head's just sort of just flopped in on itself. Yeah, that is grim. Didn't like that. Yeah, like that's probably one of the most shocking bits of body horror we've seen for a long time on Doctor Who.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I would agree. Um, so, back with the Doctor and his new little gang, we find out that Sai is a hacker. Yeah. And Saber is a mutant who can shapeshift via touch.
0: Yeah. So, she's basically just a mashup between. Uh, Oh, uh, Rogue and uh, Mystique. Oh, Mystique, Morph. yeah, there we go. Mystique, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, it, I to think I think it was like almost a conscious thing. They were like, let's just throw an X-Men into an episode of Doctor Who.
1: So the Doctor opens the first case or clue from the Architect, which contains mm-hmm. a vault key. Yep. He hands it to Saber, who is able to mimic the owner of that key. Yeah. Uh, So that's going to be how they get through the initial security checks at the bank. Yes. At this point, the Doctor says, you know, robbing a bank's really easy if you've got a TARDIS. And Clara sort of points out that the TARDIS is nowhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. So we we sort of close that loop. Yeah. And the, the Doctor just simply can't do as he pleases here. Yes. He's at the mercy of the architect. Yes. Uh, So, like I say, the teller is introduced at this point uh, because as they enter the bank, there's a security breach.
0: Mm -hmm. They
1: think the teller is going to detect them. And as you've said, it chooses another person and turns his brain to soup. Yeah. So the doctor and his gang evade capture and enter like a vault elevator thing. Yep. And when they enter, when they open, sorry, the lockbox that they have the key for, there's a bomb.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Um, so, Sai uploads the bank schematics. He's going to tell them where they need to go. Mm hmm. And they work out that the bomb is to blow up the floor rather than yeah. anything else. And that's going to allow them to reach access tunnels, so they can go down into the deeper vaults, the deeper mm-hmm. recesses. Yeah. Uh, whilst all this is going on, uh, Delphox is shown again, and she mentions the director. So, mm-hmm. director Karabraxos. Yeah. So we've got a further looming darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, this. These are the bad guys, but there's. Other things at play
0: here. What do you think of Keely Hawes as, as Miss Delfox here?
1: Do you know where I thought we were going with the director? I um, thought we might yeah, get sure. the Jagrafress again.
0: Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. it's a similar sort of uh, it's a very RTD kind of alien name, isn't it? Carabraxos. Yeah. It's it's I, in the same sort of ballpark as, you know, Banacafalata and, and uh the Jagrafest and
1: I I just think sort of whenever nonsense. we get something that's named and not shown. Yeah it's always going to be something terrible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, you know, they mentioned the teller, and then when it's wheeled out, it's this you big, think. horrible, ox, dick-eyed alien. <laughs> yep. So then when they mention the director, you think, oh, well, that's going to be something horrible as well.
0: Yeah. So. Um, for my money, I feel like Miss Del Fox, whilst I don't think she's bad, and I think Keely Hawes does, does everything that is asked of her in the script... I am a little bit bored of Stephen Moffat's uh, sort of like pseudo dominatrix villain ladies. Mm. We've had quite You've a few of this, this in the past. Like, yeah. what must
1: his wife be like?
0: I don't. Well, that's the thing. I don't... It. It. It just seems like he. It's the well he returns to so often that I feel like it must just be a bit of a thing for him on some level. Um yeah but uh yeah but i don't like know I say, what
1: if if you were the writer of doctor who yeah what weird character flaw of yourself do you think you would be subconsciously entering
0: oh i don't know because it's hard because it, if it's subconscious i'm trying to think about the right you know in yeah, my this, writing generally I was going to what,
1: say, you have done quite a lot of writing is there I a have. tone or a theme that you find well commonly appears
0: I don't know just because most of my writing tends to be in a more of an absurdist avant-garde kind of vein. I don't haven't successfully written a lot of actual fiction. Um, I write a lot of incompetent people. Mm -hmm. I I like, I like people who, who fail at doing quite basic stuff. And I think I probably fall somewhere into that (laughs) camp as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to analyse your own writing, I mm. think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so they, they use the displacement bomb, which, which doesn't kill them. It just shifts the particles of, of the floor to a different part of space, which is a really cool idea for a sort of sci-fi bomb, I think. Again,
1: I, I think the effects are good as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I think it would be really easy for that to look crap. Mm. But it doesn't.
0: No, they do. Yeah, do a good job all round. So yeah, so they're now sort of in the bowels of the bank, if you like. Mm.
1: And as they go down, there's some guards which appear as they mm. find another lockbox. Uh, nobody knows what exactly it is that's in this lockbox, and this is the first time we see Sai begin to falter. Mm. So. He'd previously deleted some of his memories before he'd been interrogated. Yeah. So he didn't want to give up his family and friends and what have you. Um, But as a result of that, he has... It's not quite a seizure, is it? But he just has moments of weakness. Yeah. Okay. So the doctor cottons on that he knows what the things in this lockbox are. Yeah. And this is where we see the man from earlier who'd been taken by the teller who has half his brain missing. Yeah. From there, they find the teller who's in almost stasis. He's locked up. Mm -hmm. I think probably for the safety of the security staff of the bank. Yeah. And as he begins to read Clara's mind, her thoughts enrage the beast. Yes. Uh, And as it's entering a fury... It begins to take over the mind of Sabra.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: So she uses what's called an exit strategy within the box. The things that they were unsure of what they were. It it's implied quite heavily that they're like almost like suicide capsules. Yes, I think
0: it's uh, is it referred to as like an atomic disintegrate or something like that. It's basically it's just going to like instantly, painlessly, just disassemble your body. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, the fact that it's called an exit strategy. Yeah. Is, you know, where I mentioned that I was able to predict what was going on.
0: So you didn't believe Sabre was dead at this point? No,
1: No, no. I felt, if nothing else, I felt for a family entertainment show, the idea of like. Cyanide capsules was a bit mm. heavy for a Saturday night when you're having your tea. Yeah,
0: I, it's hard for me to cast my mind back to the first time watching it because this would have been what six years ago at this point. Um, I think I think I bought it, you know, because really? the thing is, well, I I, suppose... when i watch when I'm watching TV, I'm not one of those people that is like looking for the plot holes and stuff like that. I kind of like to just let stuff wash over me especially on a first viewing and so i just go with the flow and so if uh, until i'm told otherwise if i'm told a character's died i will i will believe that they've died unless there is obvious clues as to the fact that they they haven't um so yeah i think i did i did buy it in that moment but yeah i
1: i think i mean we've mentioned this before i think it's maybe a criticism of how we Consume Doctor Who. Yeah, I think if I'd have watched so many series, so, so many episodes a year, you know, and then moved on, but when we're watching one episode a week, yeah, you do start um, to
0: get used to the rhythm of yeah, if, what a if, Doctor Who show if, is if they use the yeah. same
1: idea once again, yeah, I immediately think back to when we'd last watched it.
0: Of course, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so once Sabra disappears. Sai tries to shout at the doctor, but he just walks away. He yeah. just totally ignores it, and I quite like that because it's just to remind you that this is, you know, the bad doctor, the careless, carefree doctor that doesn't bother himself with emotion.
0: Yeah. I think it's just like yeah, he, he's. It's almost like he's basically saying, it's it's similar to what we saw in Into the Dalek, where it's just look, we are in a dangerous situation. The clock is ticking we don't have time for this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's coming from a place of pragmatism, but it definitely it comes off quite cold.
1: And then just in my notes, I've just written, and I don't know if you're aware of this, David. Yeah. Um, I've just put, in some ways, the Doctor's a lot like Robin Hood.
0: Now that's that's, that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't really considered that's that before. It's a
1: totally fresh take, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. And it's subtle. In it the, is, it you is. Know, it's yeah. never. They don't hang a light, a lampshade on it or whatever no. the phrase is there. No. no. Um, but I think it's just important that we acknowledge that. Fantastic oh, writing. Well done, yeah. Mark, that is
0: Clever stuff. Clever stuff. Anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so they find another case left by the architect. Mm hmm. And as they do, Del Fox releases the teller towards yes. the vault. Yeah. So. Previously, when it had been attacking Sabra, it was restrained. Now, the hunt is on. Yes. Uh, So, the Teller traps Clara, and Sai beckons it using his knowledge of criminals.
0: Yeah. Um, Now then... Here we go, because
1: every bit of media I've consumed about this episode talks about this list of criminals. So go on, have your moment in the sun, David. Talk to us about the list of criminals.
0: I'm not even that excited about it, but I feel like we're duty-bound to run through it. So I'm just going with what's on IMDb. I just feel like, you know, when they do these things and they have to throw in... It's an opportunity for them to throw in some references. So, yeah, here we go. So apparently it includes a Sensorite from the Sensorites, which is a William Hartnell story, a leptil from uh, Fifth Doctor story, The Visitation, a Slavine, an ice warrior, the gunslinger from A Town Called Mercy, mm-hmm. uh, Captain John Hart, who is a Torchwood character, uh, and- Androvax and the trickster from the Sarah Jane adventures, and the most interesting one, because this is the deepest cut, I think, of any continuity reference we've ever had in Doctor Who so far. We knew who, certainly. Absalom Dark, who is a character from the ongoing comic in the Doctor Who magazine. So uh, if you want that one reference, then canonicizes, if that's the word, makes canonical everything that has ever happened in the comic pages of doctor who magazine (laughs)
1: yeah is there any sort of like mad shit that's happened in the comics that's now canon because uh
0: there probably is i'm not very familiar with the doctor who magazine comics it's a part of the doctor who universe i ever yet to explore in any great depth I've read some of the more recent stuff, but there is like, there's stuff going back like to the, to the eighties and nineties where you had, you had a lot of writers, you know, writers like Alan Moore and Grant Morrison, I believe like cutting their teeth, doing stuff for doctor who magazine. So, yeah,
1: so it'd be absolutely balls mental if it's yeah, supposed to.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't so, know if
1: I've mentioned this, but um, where, where I went to university in Northampton, that's where Alan Moore is from.
0: Oh, yes, yeah,
1: Um, yeah. um, I don't even know if it's still there, but the comic book shop used to be called Phoenix Comics. Yes. And I I remember I used to go in every week and pick up my comics. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I remember being in there and Alan Moore was there.
0: Yeah, just popping in, picking up his weekly pull list.
1: No, I think he was just basically just perusing their wares. I don't think he was like pulling his own comics to the front of the shelf or anything. <laughs> um but yeah, the guy that worked there basically locked eyes on me and he was yeah. like, "Don't."
0: yeah <laughs> Just, um... which is so, fair yeah. enough. Like I don't, I've never really been in the situation of actually being face to face with someone whose work I admire. Mm. Um I mean, well, no, let me clarify that. Like someone who I don't know, whose work I admire. Like I, I am friends with some some other like writers and artists and creative people who've who I've come into contact with through my own work. Oh, thank and... you. I never
1: knew you admired me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yes, uh, specifically like like people who who are like established mm. in their field, and I'm. And I, I don't know what I would do. Like, I, I don't know what... I, if I saw Alan Moore in the street, I wouldn't say anything. I couldn't. I think yeah. I would just be a rabbit in the headlights. Yeah. Um,
1: like I say, I, I, I know he has somewhat of a reputation for being cantankerous about yes. the use of his work.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so... But I'm know, sure if you had nice things I, to say to yeah, him... Yeah, I'm sure yeah. if
1: I, you know, said, good morning, how are you doing? I'm certain he would be kind and polite.
0: Yes. Um,
1: yeah. But... I, like I say, the member of
0: staff was just like, yeah. "Come on down." As, crea- as a creator, as as a creator, there must be, there must come a point where you've heard enough people say that your work has changed their life. Yeah, like where you just be like, "Yes, I know." I don't know,
1: because, I, I mean, we we are the smallest of small fry, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it when people send us kind messages, you know. Of
0: course, of course, yeah. You know, but and when, I, I but... do
1: think we have a somewhat of a nice small community of people that, you know, I'll... To the point where I'll just tweet them now when it's got nothing to do with Doctor Who. Mm.
0: But, like, when you're getting onto the level of you know, you're going to conventions like, and thousands of people are turning up just to hear you chat for an hour. Mm. You must, like, there must be an awareness. So then when you're stood in a line and you're signing photos or whatever and and someone's, like, you know, stuttering out a a thing saying, you know, how how magnificent you are, there must be a part of you just like, yes, yes, I know know this is important to you and, and, you know, my work's important to you. But uh, you've kind of... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm cynical. Maybe that never gets old for people.
1: I don't know. Do you think the reward is the work itself or the adulation the, word, the work brings?
0: Um, I, I think it depends on the individual. I think for for most creative people, it's the work itself. Mm. I genuinely believe that. I think it's an impulse and, and it's just something you have to pursue. And, you know, actors just enjoy the process of acting and like even if they don't make it to the big time and obviously you want to do that because it's a very unstable profession so you want you want to get to a point where you've got a reliable income but um i think for most actors they do it because they love it and most writers and musicians etc yeah yeah anyway
1: right i can't even Oh we were talking about that list weren't we We were so. yeah
0: yeah so anyway bunch of supposed like criminals um all being sort of dumped in one place so the teller locks onto Sai and leaves Clara alone
1: Yeah so as it begins to approach Sai mm-hmm. he uses his exit strategy but because mm-hmm. he does the vault unlock fails so the vault is held by 24 locks Yeah they managed to unlock 23 of them The final one fails to unlock. The Doctor can't do it with his sonic screwdriver. So he works out that this was all part of the plan. The Architect must know that this is happening. So the Architect must be in the future. Yes. So there's part where the Doctor says, if he knew this was going to happen, something else is going to happen, which is going to aid us to open the vault. Yeah. And that thing is a. It's like a solar storm. Yes. Basically a massive electric storm, Mm -hmm. which trips the system. And would you believe it? The only lock out of the 24 which is fallible to this is the one that they failed to unlock so far. Mm -hmm. So, the doctor. Do you know what? This bit annoyed me. Really annoyed me. Yeah, go on. It's where the doctor says, this isn't a bank heist. It's a time travel heist. The episode's mm-hmm. called fucking time heist.
0: Just, call, just, just say, time say that. Host. People love yeah. it
1: when you say the episode title in the yeah. episode.
0: Yeah. I wonder if they hadn't locked onto the episode title at that point when well, they were filming it.
1: I just I think they should have clicked the audio then. Yeah. So even if Capaldi's mouth is still moving.
0: Yeah, yeah. Says, oh, this isn't would've... a
1: bank heist, this is a time Heist.
0: I think you would have had to have you would have had to like cut away to like Clara's face or something yeah. at the moment they're dropping the line. It wouldn't have been worth it. But it is annoying. I agree with you. I, that really stuck out to me when I was watching it last night. Uh,
1: so we also learn at this point that this solar disruption storm that's going on would have made landing the TARDIS impossible. That's why the Doctor doesn't have the TARDIS with him. Yeah. So the vault finally unlocks thanks to the storm. Mm -hmm. And they begin to open the deposit boxes. They get a clue, don't they? Another case that has a little bit of paper with the codes for the boxes they need.
0: Yeah. It's funny because, like, I watched two things last night. I watched this, and then I watched uh, the most recent episode of Taskmaster.
1: I'm glad you... you bring that up.
0: Yeah, because it's it's a show we both enjoy. Um, uh, our international as if you've not heard of it, it's it's one of the, probably the the funniest British comedy show to.
1: I, th- I think there is an American version, yeah. but I don't know how well received it
0: was. I, th- I think it just did the one series and di- and and kind of died a bit because uh, you know they didn't have Greg Davis. Um, And as much as I love Reggie Watts, who was the host for the American version, he doesn't really have the right vibe, I don't think, for that show. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's basically it's a silly little sort of like game show where they get a bunch of of comedians and make them do very stupid tasks. Um, But there was one particular task on Taskmaster that immediately reminded me of this, where it's like it's in a locker room and they're following clues to, to unlock particular uh, numbered lockers.
1: Yeah. And so, so,
0: it's, I, <laughs> so I just got immediate flashbacks to this scene.
1: Yeah, so it started with, like, locker number one, didn't it? And yeah. And then it said, like, two lockers down, four lockers across, and then yes. it would be, like, this locker plus 50. So you, had Yeah, to and
0: then to- there's, like, a walkie-talkie in one of them, and they've got to tune it to a particular channel to get mm. uh, the next number. And, Do you yeah. know what? I, I called the mobile number. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess, yeah, they do just whack it on the screen. They must have been expecting people to call it.
1: That's it. I did put it out on Twitter, yeah. um, on my personal account, because I, I didn't know whether any of our listeners watched it. And is,
0: is there anything amusing Uh You happens? get a
1: voicemail from Alex Horn, oh. basically saying, you have reached the Taskmaster, blah bloody, blah blah Please tell your friends about the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Blah blah blah. Ah, oh,
0: that's quite sweet.
1: Yeah, it was quite good because, like I say, they made a big point of putting the phone number on the screen. So I yeah. was like, "Is there something more to this?"
0: Hmm. Well, that's very nice.
1: Yeah. Anyway,
0: we digress.
1: But again, another point. Um, and I can't remember. I think again, it was married to who? They yeah. said, "Isn't it convenient that all the boxes you need were just at eye level?" Because this room's like <laughs> sixty foot high.
0: <laughs> I'd never thought about that, but yes, I
1: suppose it is. Okay, so they open the first box mm-hmm. that contains a neophyte circuit, yep. which can reboot any system. Yes. And they say, oh, we wish that we had this earlier, that could have rebooted Psy. Si. Mm. They open the second, which contains a gene suppressor.
0: Yeah.
1: And they say, "Well, we could have used that. That's what Sabra wanted. I think she mentioned earlier that it was more like a curse that she could never yeah. touch somebody."
0: Yes, because basically, she has she can't actually control the ability, mm. um, which is where the sort of the rogue element comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, and... so it's it's a little bit Wizard of Oz. This really isn't it. Yeah, yeah. it's everything you could, ever could have wanted. Mm.
1: What would be in your lockbox?
0: <laughs> That's a massive question to suddenly... Uh,
1: do you know what? I, I, yeah. I've always thought, and I, I've always held this answer for most of my mm. life. If I had a magic lamp with a genie and three wishes,
0: yeah.
1: and if you're going to use two wishes to do good in the world, but you yeah. get one selfish wish... yeah. I really wish I could play the piano like to a really high
0: standard. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one.
1: Uh, that, that's yeah. one thing that, that I wish I could do in life yeah. that I'm just Genre- totally gen- useless at. Yeah,
0: generally mu- musical ability would 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 be good for me. Like, I mean, I've mentioned before, my dad was a piano teacher, um, and he was really good with me and my brother in that he never. He, he encouraged us to like learn an instrument but he didn't care what we played he, he was never like sort of like giving us piano lessons and like forcing us down that route and so i ended up picking the fucking viola wow because like i didn't it was just like well i started out on the violin and then i transitioned into viola but um but like i was you know i was like seven years old or something at the time. I didn't really know. I didn't have much interest in music. I didn't really develop my taste in music until I was in my teens, by which point it was kind of too late for me to learn guitar or keyboards or or anything that, like, I would actually get pleasure from playing now. (laughs) Um, So
1: I, I, for example, I mean, we don't run it at the moment because we're in second lockdown and the world's gone to hell. But, like, I'm part of our school choir and I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, no. Making music is a wonderful thing, and it, mm. it it. I've I've got a ukulele that I am attempting to kind of get to some level of proficiency with, but uh, finding what, what, time to what? practice a ukulele whilst working full time and raising a toddler, Turns that's quite hard. What what <laughs> swung you towards the viola? Um. What? Well I, well, I could say started on violin.
1: And um, you just thought this isn't big enough. Give me that massive bastard over yeah, there. Yeah,
0: basically, and also it's fair to say I was somewhat rambunctious in my playing style right. so they were like give him a sturdier one That might, you know uh because I, I didn't quite have the sort of delicacy required for, for playing the violin to a decent standard i don't think you should
1: think. have gone for like a hurdy-gurdy or something oh mental. i would
0: love to play the hurdy-gurdy yeah oh. if
1: only so you can say hurdy-gurdy a lot
0: yeah did you know the hurdy-gurdy originally was um had to be played by two people Oh, wow. They one were to so, turn, one to play. Yeah, they were so massive. And because and they used to, they, you used to control them by like just lifting and put it, pushing down wooden pegs. Mm-hmm. And they were like really big bulky items. So, yeah, it would be one person's job just to turn the crank and the other person would operate the pegs. Um, yeah. Wow. I love weird instruments.
1: Yeah, we <laughs> said hurdy-gurdy a lot there. I, I listened yeah. back to our episode from last week, yeah. yesterday when I was in the car. And it's just me naming places in Kent, like going, Whitstable, that's a fun <laughs> word to say, isn't it? Whitstable. And also, you, uh, I need to apologise. For some reason, when we were talking about Dagenham, yeah. and I was like, oh, it's in the Midlands. I don't know why. I got it confused with Rushton. And right. I think it's because of the football teams, because there's uh, Dagenham and Redbridge, and then Rushton and Diamonds.
0: Yeah. So oh, I think I, I
1: just confused the two.
0: Fair enough. Right, let's. Uh, we we got a little wall to, to get through, so let's just. Uh...
1: Yeah. Yeah. So once they found all these MacGuffins, the Doctor immediately bumps into the Teller, and yeah. is taken to Delphox. Yes. Who orders that the Doctor and Clara are disposed of by mm-hmm. the guards? Yeah. So she leaves, and immediately it turns out the guards, Assai and Sabra.
0: Hooray! Do
1: you remember when this exact thing happened with the half-faced man?
0: Yeah, it did a bit. (laughs) It's alright though, I'm happy they're back. They're they're, they're, they're fun characters.
1: So it turned out that the... I was going to say the final solution, but that's not Mm. what I mean at all. The exit strategy. Yes. uh, It was a teleporter, so it took them back to the ship above. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they were totally safe the whole time. Awesome uh so the doctor decides you know these people have their payment so he gives sai you know the circuit the neophyte circuit he gives Sabra the gene suppressor
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: says well surely there's something here for me and it's listed as being in the private vault yeah so when they get there del fox is already there yeah however it's not del fox it's director karabraxos Yes. Who clones herself to mm-hmm. have clones run the bank on her behalf. So Del mm-hmm. Fox is a clone of Carabraxos. Yeah. Okay. So the Doctor, basically they have a long conversation and gives Carabraxos his phone number for the TARDIS. Yeah. He and works basically... out that this was all put in motion by her.
0: Yes, because basically he... He knows that at this point, the solar story is going to basically just destroy the the bank. It's going to be, you know, this is where it ends for her, basically. And he says, one day you're going to be very old and full of regrets. Yeah. And um, uh, interesting little bit of trivia. Um, When they were putting together the set for the private vault, you know, wanted to make it look like it was full of the world's greatest treasures, uh, in a little glass cabinet, there is a uh, rocket made out of a toilet roll um, and like, you know, painted with some like poster paints and stuff. Uh-huh. And that was a little model rocket made by the director Douglas McKinnon's daughter. Oh, wow. As a present for him when he was when she was quite small. And, you know, it's one of his most treasured items. So he thought he would put it in that episode.
1: What would be in your little glass cabinet?
0: Well I can't I can't say anything other than something made by my son without coming across like a monster at this point, can I? But the thing is he's not really quite there yet with his crafting. He's mm-hmm. he smeared some paint around on some stuff, but to be honest it lacks finesse. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I've I made got... I made quite a nice sandwich the other day.
1: Oh, tell me about this.
0: (laughs) We don't have time. We don't have time. Uh, I Um, was going
1: to say, I have an analogy about a disappointing sandwich, but we'll save that for another time. Indeed. (laughs) Okay. So, the Doctor works out that there were six teleporters. There's only four people in his crew, so he knows something else is going on at Mm -hmm. play here.
0: Yeah.
1: He submits to the teller. Yeah. So, as well as
0: giving Exposing up his co- co- Yeah, combing his memories and, and therefore unlocking the stuff que- that was buried by the memory worm.
1: Yeah. So, this is where we find out that old Madame Karabraxos was the person that phoned the TARDIS. Yeah. And that the um, Doctor... Ca- can every- I say... On, Sorry,
0: when, when when the teller's combing through his memories as well, I do quite like, because he's rattling off, like, you know, saying, oh, you know, there's a lot of memories here, and he's, like, listing some of his previous incarnations, sort of, like, saying, you know, oh, long scarf, uh, bow tie, that was a bit embarrassing. And, and, and he says this line, which i always rather liked, and says, what do you think of the new look? I was aiming for minimalism, but I think I ended up with magician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway.
1: So the Doctor regains his memories, he sees that he is the architect, he set everything up. Yeah. And the reason for that is because he ultimately wanted to arrive at this point where he opens the vault. Yeah. And of course, when they open it, it's the greatest treasure in the world. Mm -hmm. Because we're led to believe the teller is the last of his kind. However, there's a female teller.
0: Hooray!
1: Because this is not a bank heist, it's a rescue mission. Yeah. Why didn't they call the episode Rescue Mission instead of <laughs> time? <laughs> so annoying. Um
0: but yeah, this is obviously as as we were mentioning earlier, this puts me in mind of the resolution to hide. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's 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 sweet, it works, you know, there was a, a, a much longer period between these two episodes than when how we've went watched them, so you know yeah. I'll let so, it slide.
1: The doctor explains that because the teller has had, you know, the minds of the universe enter his mind, mm-hmm. he takes Mr and Mrs. Teller to a quiet planet where they can live happily ever after. Yeah. And they look weird where they're not in their big suits, don't they?
0: Yeah, they got little tails Yeah and stuff.
1: Yeah. They look like the alien from the Will Smith Men in Black rap video. Yeah uh so he takes sai and I tell you as well
0: i i i watched the sort of there's a little behind the scenes video um for, for i think everything in this series and i think maybe series 9 as well um and uh th- there's a shot of them shooting that scene and obviously it's just the one costume uh-huh. and then they doubled it up with with cgi because it would be enormously expensive to make two identical costumes Big for the teller costumes. just for that one that one scene at the end but I never actually considered that before when I was yeah. watching the episode it was only when I saw them and it was just the one of them walking away in the, on, on, on the field and I was just like oh yeah of course they would do that <laughs> but yeah
1: so yeah he takes Sai and Sabra home Yeah. and drops Clara off in time for a date
0: uh,
1: all's well that ends well
0: indeed Indeed. Um, so there you go. Time Heist.
1: Time Heist, yeah. Solid not... stuff. It was okay, yeah. Uh...
0: Yeah. Certainly the best of Stephen Thompson's work by a country mile. To what extent that is because it was co-written by Stephen Moffat? Who knows? But uh... Do you think
1: they brought Douglas MacKinnon
0: in? Just like, oh no, Thompson's at it again. Can you just uh, <laughs> sort this out? Maybe. Maybe, um, but anyway. So, so that's that. That about does it for Time Heist. Uh, next week we will be discussing the caretaker.
1: Ooh, mm. try to Ooh, think what, what that could that be, be about. Yeah, it's going to be either. It's going to be either something like where we find out that Clara takes care of the Doctor, and uh-huh. it's not a literal caretaker. Or it's going to be the school where Clara works hires a new caretaker, and it's just a Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, knowing what I know a about
0: Frankenstein, say again, specifically a Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein, gonna be or, like or a some Shrek. kind of. Yeah, no, or it... not, not like say a space Dracula. No, we've been there.
1: Uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, it could just be. I, I tell you what, it's going to be. Right? Yeah. It's going to be, Clara goes to work one day. Yeah. And it's like, we've got a new caretaker. He's yeah. called fucking John Smith. And it'll just be the plot of School Reunion again. There'll be some horrible shitty monster in the school basement. And the doctor karate kicks it. And that's the end. <laughs> you know, like, everything that
0: happens at Coal Hill School is exactly the same. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, it wasn't Cole Hill where, uh, in School Reunion, right? It was a different school. Was it? Pretty sure. We're going to have to double check that now. I, I think it might have been. I
1: think you might have thrown that. Or am I thinking of the Sylvester McCoy one? That
0: was Cole Hill. Wasn't that was it? definitely Cole Hill. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking it up.
1: Give me it... Google.
0: Here we go. Here we go. School Reunion, at Doctor Who. Um. Death Vale School.
1: Uh, so boo. there you
0: go. Not Coal Hill. Uh, well. Oh, well. It to, could uh... be space vampires then. <laughs> well, either way, uh, we'll find out next week. So do join us for that. Until then, thank you very much for listening and cheerio. Bye now.